it's going to have stakes. Like you're either going to succeed or you're going to fail. And that's going to pay off in one way or another. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. Today, we're starting a brand new podcast series focused on building resilience. We'll be talking about why resilience is important, how to become more resilient, and talking to some of the most impressive and resilient people on earth. If you want to live a more interesting life by challenging yourself to do the impossible, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brand new. So while we'll be studying over the next eight weeks uh, this topic of resilience, today I kind of wanted to take the time to dive in to why. The big reason why this is important and the reason why we should even bother talking about this. The world is kind of getting more fast paced. I feel like every single blog you see is is something that says like, here's five quick reasons to do X, Y, Z or 10 life hacks to help you do X better. And people are always looking for simpler, easier, faster ways to do things. And I don't actually think that's going to change anytime soon. I think people are pretty naturally hardwired into pursuing something that's faster, easier, simpler, or just more comfortable. But one thing that I've realized is that while that's good in a lot of different areas, areas. I think sometimes the most important things you you can do are difficult, hard, impossible things. And I don't think you're going to find the answer from life hacking your way to it. I don't think that's going to cut it. And and so what I kind of wanted to do is is to really take 8 episodes and this is going to be is an experiment, but I wanted to take 8 episodes to kind of go through and talk about doing these hard difficult things. And and what are the traits that allow people to do these things that you know are are several steps beyond what normal people would endure what normal people would be capable of putting up with. What makes these people uh, persevere? What makes them resilient? And how do they build that mental toughness, that that grittiness that, frankly, a lot of people don't possess. A lot of people will fold up, will roll over as soon as things get hard. And so how do you become somebody who's willing to put up with pain, with discomfort, with difficulty and not give up? You know, a lot of people say, and this is something I've ranted on forever, but a lot of people say growth happens at the edge of your comfort zone or or do something every day that scares you. And they'll, they'll put these quotes and they'll throw them on Instagram and it's going to be like really inspiring and they'll get all these likes on it and hashtag the crap out of it. But most people on a daily basis don't follow that advice. They'd love to pin it on Pinterest. They love to put it on Instagram. But when it comes to actually doing it in real life, it's really hard and not a lot of people do it. You know, I, I think there's a reason it's popular. It's, it's popular because I think people innately know that when they do something that's really hard, that's difficult, and they succeed and they finish it, they realize that it's worth it. But at the same time, most people don't want to actually have to go through the pain of dealing with that. You don't have to actually be in pain. They don't have to actually be outside their comfort zone because it's not that much fun in the moment. It's not, you know, it's not as as nice as sitting on your couch and, and eating popcorn and watching a movie. It's actually hard. It's actually difficult. And a lot of times you feel like quitting. And so this has been something that's kind of been revolving uh, around my work since I, I started the blog, since I've been doing podcasts and videos and everything like that. And I haven't seen anyone really dive into this in a, in a real way. And I, I really wanted to take the time to just talk about how you, how you get used 
to doing hard, difficult things. And how by not being afraid to do hard things, you can actually accomplish a lot, lot more than most people who are who are just willing to settle for what's comfortable or what's simple or what's possible. So through this series, we're going to be interviewing and talking to a lot of different people. We're going to be talking to Kyle Maynard, who was one of the first people to ever crawl up Mount Kilimanjaro, literally crawl up the surface of the mountain. We're going to be talking to Paul Tharp, who's a former master commander over on Coronado Island here in San Diego, about how to build Navy SEALs. How how, how you go about taking somebody, just some average kid, and turning them into somebody that can go through buds, that can go through all the Navy SEAL training and come out the other side 10 times more mentally tough than they were beforehand. We're going to be talking to people like Rebecca Rush, who is known as the Queen of Pain, and just how she goes about enduring some of these. She seeks them out, these endurance activities, these these painful activities, and how, how you not only can get through them and survive them, but you can actually thrive on them and, and actually get stronger each and every time. I'm also going to be sharing a couple stories of a lot of lesser known people uh, and a few really just kind of cool stories that have popped up from people who decided that they're going to do one difficult, one small difficult thing and they're just going to continue and keep at it and not give up and I'm going to be sharing some of their stories with you and and it's really really inspiring when you start looking at some what some of these people uh, have accomplished and what they accomplished it with hopefully it will give you a new perspective on becoming resilient becoming comfortable with the uncomfortable and and being able to do more by doing difficult things and before we get started in all of this I kind of want to put out a disclaimer that I do not think that you should only do incredible difficult, joyless, non-fun activities. However, I do think of this as sort of a spectrum. You have, you know, sort of like on, on one side of the spectrum, you have people that advocate, just do whatever uh, is great. Uh, do whatever you want. Just have fun all the time. Uh, follow your passion. And that's my own pet peeve of a word. I, I can't We'll get into that another time, but there's there's that aspect, and that has been really really loud in the last few few years. I think if you look at the Google trends on follow your passion, it's spiked up since the mid '90s, and it's just at the top of you know it's all anybody can say. But what I think is, and I'm not I'm not against it. I don't think you just do stuff you hate. But I think there's a spectrum. And I think the other side of the spectrum is look at these big, challenging, daunting activities. Look at these big, impossible challenges out there. So I'm curious in in exploring what happens when you decide to really push towards the other side of the spectrum, the challenging side of the spectrum, where it's not necessarily a a short-term happiness spike in the chart, if you will, but it's sort of a long-term, slow-burn gain. And and what happens if you kind of push closer to that side? analogy again let's uh let's see how you guys like my analogies because I, I can come up with them off the top of my head i don't always know how great they are so on one side you have this follow your passion do what you love steve jobs like perspective and that's that's pretty quick high. when you're doing something you love it's it's really fun in the immediate term it's sort of kind of like cotton, like cotton candy it's it's great it tastes delicious but it's a little bit fluffy there's a whole lot of air in it and it's not a lot of substance it's it's okay if you have it once in a while when you're at a baseball game or you know you're at a carnival or a fair and 
But if your diet consists of that, you're probably living an eight-year-old's dream. And there, it's fantastic and it's delicious, but it's not really giving you much nutrition. It's not really giving you much substance to, to work with. On the other side of the spectrum, things that are a little bit more meaty, if you will. And I'll just use a meat analogy. Sorry, vegans. Not really that sorry. Not a vegan. Not going to apologize. But you, you, you sort of like the steak, the steak and potatoes aspect of, okay, well, you know, cotton candy is really great when, when you're eight years old and when you're, you know, maybe up to 10 to 12. But, you know, as you kind of grow out of that phase, how do you, how do you build a diet that's more substantial? How do you build a diet that's not only going to taste good, but is also going to fuel you in order to do more things with your life? And that's kind of how I look at both information topics that you bring in, but also sort of like kind of challenges that you fuel your life with. If you always go after these simple, easy, fun little tasks that that are kind of like cotton candy that are really fluffy and, and they taste really good and it's really just sugar puffed up with air. If you go after those challenges, what type of person does that turn you into? And if it if 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 you do that in real life, you'll probably turn out to be a type two diabetic. But if you decide to take a longer term approach and, and really dive into these, you know, more challenging, more more complex, more interesting, big challenges, what type of person does that turn you into? And and that's what I'm curious about. That's what I'm really wanting to explore here. And I, I think we've got a really good lineup to kind of help to dive into that. And so again, I'm not saying that you only have to do long term steak and potatoes type of challenges, but the goal Goal is to kind of move that conversation a little bit more in that direction and to kind of push people back to the idea of what does it look like if you sit down and actually challenge yourself in a real meaningful way that has stakes. But before we get any farther, I want to actually sit down and define what these these impossible challenges look like because depending on who you are and what you're interested in and, and your own skill levels, these are always going to look different for every single person. Like it's never going to look the same for anyone. When I first started my blog, the first difficult, challenging thing I had on my list was uh, indoor triathlon. And to me, that was scary. That was an impossible goal because I had no idea if I could actually do it or not. I remember actually getting into the pool indoors at Lifetime Fitness and being terrified about whether or not I could actually do the race. And it was like a, tw- it was a 10 minute swim, a 30 minute bike and then a 20 minute run. And I was not sure if I could do it. And and so to me, five years ago, that was that was something that had some substance to it. I might have been unjustly worried about it, but it was it was something that was challenging to me. It was something that was scary and it definitely pushed me to do something different. It definitely pushed me past my limits. Now, the person that I am today, that that's not very much of anything. And I kind of laugh at who I was and, and how scared I was of actually doing the race. But the the fact remains that to me, at that point in time, if I would have never taken that step, I would have never gotten to where I am. And so that's why today I want to I want to take the time to define what it is and kind of help you define that on your own for you personally about what an impossible challenge looks like and how that might differ for individual people. And I, I've got four main criteria I've written down, and I might have a few more depending on if I feel like ad-libbing uh, anything here, but there's four main criteria that I have, and they're all variations of the same thing, but they're all good questions that you can serve as metrics for whether or not this some this thing is is big enough to really challenge you to really push you past your limits and kind of take you to the next level of of whatever it is that you want to be and, and the first criteria is it's something that scares you and this is a pretty quick one like I remember I remember specifically uh, like I said with that first race I ever did I was so terrified of it and as I kind of took the next step for each each additional race I did I got a little bit bit more scared. And even now, even even setting up this podcast, doing this series that 
I haven't done anything like this before. I'm a little bit worried. What if it fails? What if it's not received as well as we want? The answer is unknown. And so it's a little bit scary. And so if you're doing something that scares you, that's a pretty good sign that you're on the right path, that you're on the path to something challenging, something that's worthwhile, something that's probably worth doing. Even if you don't succeed at it, it's worth doing because that, that step's going to take you to the next level. The The second criteria uh, is that it has stakes. In other words, there's something at stake with what you do. If you if you succeed, there's some sort of major payoff that happens. And if you fail, then you actually have something to lose. A lot of times people try to take challenges on, but there's no real stakes if they fail. And that's not really a, a, a big challenge. If you If you take on a challenge and you kind of Worst case scenario is you end up exactly where you are. It's by definition, not something outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> You're basically ending up exactly where you are. And so one of the qualities of of these impossible challenges is that it's going to have stakes. Like you're either going to succeed or you're going to fail and that's going to pay off in one way or another. And and you're going to have to realize that. And it might be a little bit painful if it, if it, if it doesn't come to fruition. Uh, now, this third part's kind of tied with that. And the big thing about impossible challenges is that you can actually fail them. There should be a little bit of gap between what you're currently able to do and what you're aiming to do. If there's no gap, um, there's no room for growth. So I actually have like a diagram on the website that you can see about this. But as, as much as I hate it, the platitudes about growth begins at the end of your comfort zone. There's a very real concept of that. If, if there's like this certain radius of a circle is your comfort zone and, and, and you want to get beyond it, you have to set kind of your sights beyond whatever it is you've currently done. And typically that means doing something you've never done before, which means if you haven't done it before, there's a good possibility of failure. If, if you set a goal and you can't really fail, then it's not really a goal. You should be doing it already. But if you set a goal that's sufficiently difficult enough, there should be the very real possibility that you could fail and, and that it won't go exactly as you want. And and that's that's difficult. And that, that plays into the other things where it scares you and it has stakes. Um, but that's also the only way you can grow by by picking a goal where you can fail at. And the fourth the fourth piece here is is the answer isn't obvious right away. If it was obvious already, you would already know what to do and and you'd just be able to implement it and 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 knock it out. And I don't I don't really consider that an impossible challenge. That's more of like, okay, that's a very possible challenge. You obviously can realize it and make it happen right now if you wanted to. You just have to freaking do it. So that I would I would classify that more as laziness. But for a real difficult impossible challenge, you shouldn't necessarily know the path to success before you start. It should be one of those things where you kind of figure it out as you go. And I find the times that I've waited for for something to be perfect and for the the plans to kind of fall into my hands, it never actually happens like that. The only times I'm actually able to, to jump in and, and figure stuff out is is when I've already started. Uh, you know, you're kind of halfway down the road and, and, and you get part of the map as you as you keep going down the road. So those are the kind of questions that I ask myself when I start wanting to, to figure out something that's challenging for me to something that has, it scares me, it has stakes, it, it allows me the opportunity for failure. And, and, and the answer isn't always obvious. And when I hit those four criteria, I'm usually not uh, in a super excited position. I'm like, hey, maybe I should not do that because that sounds like it might be difficult. But those situations, when you sit down and you take the time to kind of ask yourself those questions and, and, and look at challenges that have that criteria, how do you how do you become a person that not only says, okay, I'm going to I see, I see what the stakes are. I see, I see all those criteria and I'm still going to jump into this opportunity or this challenge one way or another. But how do you become a person that doesn't just reluctantly back into it, but, but dives in 
head first. And and what what happens over time, I think, as you do this more and more and more, it gets easier. It doesn't ever get easy. Uh, I would say it gets easier, but you get you get better at it and you get stronger and the stakes get bigger. The game gets bigger and the cost of failure actually grows quite a bit too. You get better at picking yourself back up and, and recovering from the times where you, you screw up. The better you get at trying some of these impossible challenges, the, the more you, you'll actually fail, but you'll also start realizing how to pick yourself up from failure quicker and, and be able to do it on a regular basis. And so that's the goal of the series. We're going to give you some real life examples of people who do some crazy, amazing, impossible things. But we also want to give you the tools uh, to make you more resilient, to make you more unbreakable, if you will, to be able to do these things continually over and over and over, get better at them and, and spend less time both mulling over whether or not you should jump into it. So you can spend more time in the arena, if you will, and less time kind of mulling about the outside of the gym and wondering if you should get in the game or not. There's a great quote by Teddy Roosevelt called the man in the arena and go something like this. It is not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust, sweat, and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there's no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms and great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. So the goal at the end of this series is to help you become somebody who's in the arena more, to be someone that is willing to take on those big and possible challenges, even if your face is marred by dust, sweat, or blood. Hopefully not blood, but you know, if it comes to it, deal with it. I want to be able to help you guys become those people that can not only continually take on these challenges, but become more resilient and doing it. So you don't become like the rest of the world, or as Teddy Roosevelt puts it, those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. So that's what's coming up next week. We've got a great interview with Kyle Maynard. I'm really excited to have him on. I'm, you guys are going to be blown away by his story. So that is coming up next week and you guys are going to love it. Thanks for listening to this episode, guys. I know it's a brand new one and I'm really excited to hear your thoughts and and your feedback on it. And I will see you next week. And until then, get in the arena. Get your face dusty, sweaty, and bloody. And don't be afraid to take on a big, impossible challenge this week.